But here's what I do know. No matter if you are employing someone or you're just on a team with someone, you have to understand the way that that person works, the way that that person gives and receives appreciation and praise and understanding that you enjoy working on this project with them or on the same team as them. You also have to understand how they want to hear and receive criticism and feedback. Because once you understand those things, and intimately understand your coworkers at that kind of appreciation level, then you're gonna have more symbiosis in your work. And then together, you are gonna be able to have a better work culture, a better life for yourself, a stronger company, stronger sales, and a stronger mission. Hi, I'm Susan Foch, and when I was 18 years old, I launched a national nonprofit organization out of my freshman college dorm room. Now, with almost a decade of experience under my belt, I'm here to teach you my tried and true tips and tricks for running your own nonprofit or social enterprise and how to build it from the ground up. You're listening to this podcast because you're ready to make a difference in this world. I see you, I hear you, and I'm ready to help you. Now, let's make an impact together. You're listening to the Make an Impact Podcast, episode 23. And today we are talking about one of my favorite topics, which is leadership and team building. I love this topic so much, basically just because I love people. (laughs) I love my operational loan team more than words can say. I love, honestly... (laughs) When a team is good, I love working on a team. And I'm not necessarily talking about like the really shitty team projects that we all had to do in high school and college where one person did rock star work and one person absolutely did not show up but collected the A anyway. And then there's like a couple mediocre people. I'm talking about actual great teams. They are game changing, they are life changing, they are amazing. And I am not, by any stretch of the imagination, claiming to be an expert in leadership. I've only been doing it and in leadership roles for a relatively short time, Um, unless you want to count some of my high school and college stuff, which that's up to your prerogative. Either way, I still have a lot to learn. I read approximately a thousand books and listened to a thousand podcasts on leadership, and I will continue to listen to about a thousand more. I love this topic. I'm endlessly fascinated by it, and I'm endlessly fascinated as to how we can create better teams and just create better work environments, because whether this fact excites you or solely depresses you, we will spend like for an average person with a nine to five job, right? So if you're just a good old average Joe working 40 hours a week, that is still one third of your life spent at work. We also spend one third of our life sleeping. So (laughs) you can take or leave how you feel about that. Um, It's a really big deal. Enjoying where you work and what you're doing is a huge deal. This is why, you know, business, (laughs) this is why business and finance and leadership and nonprofits and entrepreneurship and all these things are so popular and constantly talked about all the time because that's a huge chunk of your life. And honestly, if you are miserable at work, you're miserable at life, okay? Because I mean, and I, you know, I don't say that in such like a doom and gloom way. It's just a fact. 
if you spend a third of your life at work and you hate every single minute of it, that doesn't just stop at work. That doesn't stop at 5 p.m. You bring it home. You're miserable at home. You tell your partner. You tell your kids. You tell your cat how miserable you are. And it just perpetuates the cycle. We need great work environments. And that means that we need great leadership. One of my favorite quotes is that people really don't quit jobs. They quit managers. People don't leave companies. They leave people. But just as powerful, people don't join organizations. They join people. So looking at that fact in a very empowering way is always wonderful, is always lovely. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, that's how we get, you know, the keys to recruitment and retention is all about leadership. No one is going to be dedicated to any nonprofit mission or any business mission forever solely off of the fact that they were inspired for it. They're going to get in there. And whether they have a great time advocating for you or not is going to determine whether they stay or not. (laughs) It's really as simple as that. And so today, I just want to talk about one of the things that I have found endlessly fascinating, extremely important, and extremely effective in being a leader, and that I don't think is talked about very much or very often. And this can be used whether you are leading a team or you're just on a team, you have coworkers in general. I really can't think of any other job where you have zero coworkers or you have zero like interaction with them. Maybe like a toll booth situation because you're like physically segmented out, but that's even being taken over by technology. So who even knows? Um, I can't think of a different job where you are so alone in what you're doing. So I think this is so important and it's not often talked about. So I'm excited to talk about it today. But first, who is ready for some announcements? Okay, number one, we are just a week and a day away from Giving Tuesday. I have talked about this like every week of the week of the month of November. Um, So important. Operation Alone is going to have a lot of different fundraisers going uh, when I say that just like on many different platforms because our sweet, sweet friend Jack Chang and the Chang Real Estate Group will be matching our all donations made on Giving Tuesday to Operation Loan up to $2,000. So we have links on Facebook, Instagram, PayPal, and of course, the big the big one is on our website. Um, you can find that, find everything on social media. It would be so appreciated. Even if it was just $5, um, you would be making a huge difference on Giving Tuesday. So I urge you to make a Giving Tuesday plan. And if you see me hyping about it on social, um, please think about pitching in five bucks. Um, if you can, that would be so lovely. Number two, speaking of our friend Jack Chang and the Chang Real Estate Group, here's a fun fact. If you live in the state of Wisconsin and you are looking in the real estate market, whether you are buying or selling a home, you're looking at some other investments, all year, well, Jack is amazing and he is doing this really great matching partnership with us for Giving Tuesday, again, up to just $2,000 cash, which is outstanding and amazing. But all year long, he actually partners with Ona. If you at any point in your real estate 
transaction with Jack, mention operational loan, um, a percentage of that commission is donated to our organization as well. So if you are in Wisconsin, um, they are based out of Madison, but I know that they are, are licensed for the entire state. So if you live in Wisconsin and you are interested in just doing something real estate related and you love operational loan, say that to Jack and yeah, and a percentage of that commission will be donated back to us, which is so beyond sweet. Okay, number three. As we also get into Giving Tuesday, that means that we are here for Thanksgiving and Black Friday and Cyber Monday and Small Business Saturday and all of that really crazy week. Um, I just want to plug first here and now that the um, the Ona Boutique, which is actually the social enterprise that my partner Mackenzie Lund and I founded. Um, also, if you want to go ahead and meet Mackenzie, she is all the way back in episode seven talking about all things Girl Scout patch and how to create your own, which the Ona patch has been like soaring right now. It's crazy. Um, so that is the social enterprise that Mackenzie and I founded. It has uh, two different lines of just like empowerment feeling um tees and gold bar necklaces one that says make an impact and one that says the future is female that's our social enterprise the proceeds from that boutique will also go back to operation not alone um that has a black friday deal cyber monday the whole thing um going on that discount will be released tonight on social and also i'm excited my consulting business will be doing a really special very limited time discount for <laughs> this really crazy week um i don't even know what we call this just like the week after thanksgiving of like super shopping super spending super consumerism what is this um <laughs> either way so i will be offering a very special sale which is for $100, you can book me for a 90-minute jumpstart session. Now, this is good for nonprofits or social enterprises, whether you have not started anything and you're at ground zero, or if you've done some work, you've done a little bit, maybe you filed some paperwork, maybe you got a name, you know, you got a little bit, but you're looking for some help and need someone to help you plan a full strategic plan for 2021. We're going to map out all of 2021 for you. We're going to get really crystal clear on all of your goals for your business, for your nonprofit. We're going to walk through every single area that you need to be hitting really hard for 2021. And then we're going to make like mini roadmaps to how you're going to hit each one of those, right? So we're going to map out all of 2021 for you. And that's, you know, that's the end goal. Like that's that destination. And we're going to map out every single pit stop that you would need to be taking in the middle. So we're going to talk about fundraising and donor relations. We're going to talk about your, your leadership and your team. We're going to talk about branding and social media. We're going to talk about all of it, but we're going to make a little plan. It's a 90-minute jumpstart call, $100. Um, this will only be valid for this week, but you can book this appointment anywhere for the rest of 2020 because, um, again, the idea is getting you ready for 2021. So you can always find me on Instagram at Susan Foch or at Make an Impact Podcast after this or just send me an email, which is Susan at OperationOnLoan.net. And know that I couldn't wrap up the announcements portion <laughs> of this intro this very long intro uh, without asking you to rate review subscribe and please if you are enjoying this episode 
share it on social. I cannot communicate to you how much it means, um, not just like to me personally and the fact that I get very happy every time I see a good rating and review come in, but like it literally helps the success of this podcast if you are helping me doing the rate, review, subscribe, dance. So please, 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 please. Okay, now let's get to the show. Okay, friends, I'm sure that we will talk about leadership a lot in coming episodes, especially if this is a topic that you enjoy talking about as much as I do. But here is probably my biggest leadership tip and the biggest thing that I have found in running a team. I hope that if you're listening to this, you have heard of the five love languages, which were originally... I don't know if you can say discovered, but written about by Dr. Gary Chapman. Most people talk about love languages in relation to like their romantic partner. The five love languages are not just for your romantic partner. They're not just about how you can better be communicating and showing love and appreciation to your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, your whatever. I also think it's very important to know the love languages of your closest friends or your parents or your siblings because they all matter. All of your relationships in love languages matter. And the thing is, I think that people get wrong about love languages. So, well, first, let's talk, let's back up. There are five main love languages that people use to give and receive love in their life physical touch words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, and gifts. And what I think people get wrong about love languages is that you have a primary and a secondary, and people just think that all of the other ones go out the window, when the reality is that every single human being needs all five love languages. Like we all need all five of those things. It's just what's like dominant, right? What's the one thing that's going to say, I love you more, or I appreciate you more. What is that? So for example, my primary love language is physical touch. I love hugs. I love high fives. I love just having that personal time with somebody. Um, I really am like a big hugger and there's a very small percentage of you who are like, yeah, I love hugs and like 95% of you who just cringed, but (laughs) I'm a really big hugger. Um, I just love other people. And so, but that doesn't mean I hate acts of service or I hate quality time or I hate gifts. All of those things are important. It's just what's more important. It just means that in a, in like a romantic relationship for me, um, you know, I'm not saying that I hate flowers, but my partner should understand that I appreciate something like a hug more than getting flowers. If he's trying to say that he loves me, does that make sense? So you still need all five love languages in your relationships. It's just what's primary, what's dominant. And it's understanding that number two And this was actually kind of a funny one that I've talked about with my mom and a couple of my friends a lot is you have a you have two different sets of love languages. You have a giving and a receiving language. And most people just figure out what their receiving languages are. Um, Again, mine, I receive in physical touch and words of affirmation. Like I need a hug and I need you to tell me something really nice about me. Um, just to, just to be on cloud nine, what a great day. But what I found is really funny. And actually my friend, uh, my sweet, sweet friend, the literal 
kindest person in the world that you could ever meet. Just what an angel. Uh, Madison Augie. We both, well, first of all, we're both the same Enneagram, which is a deeply, deeply type two. Um, but we also actually have some of the same like giving and receiving languages. And even though we're deeply like empathetic and type two people, we both found that even though our receiving languages like gifts is number five, we both love to give gifts. <laughs> like receiving gifts is the last thing on my totem pole. But giving a gift is one of my favorite things. I love picking out something that I know somebody will love or it's really going to surprise them. And then I love the literal act of wrapping it up, making it really cute, um, maybe doing something kind of funny or cute or extra like special to hide it or put it in a certain place or do something and see the look on their face. Like I love giving gifts. And it was just something really funny that she and I connected on uh, just recently. But here's what I have learned. And this is a much lesser known fact. And I think that it is so stinking important. Your love language as a human being that we mostly talk about in romantic relationships is also your love language at work. Now at work, we just don't call them love languages. We call them workplace appreciation languages, which say that five times fast, right? At work, you should know how your employees want to be appreciated. You should know that, you know, and how do they want to be praised? So does it mean more to the people on your team? And this is not just like you can't wrap up a whole team like this, but for the people on your team, how does, you know, <laughs> I don't know, Sally, how does Jill, how does whatever, um, how do those people want to be appreciated when they've done a really good job? Or you're trying to communicate to them how much you appreciate them, how much you value them as, as an employee, as part of your team. Is it with surprising them with a Starbucks gift card, which, by the way, is super simple to do and is one of my favorite like little ways, especially virtually, um, to kind of treat people and like, pop in and tell them that they're doing a great job? Like, is it a, a, a Starbucks gift card that you like, pop on their desk? Or, you know, again, it's a super simple thing to send virtually. Is that it? Um, you know, do they need some quality time? Are they a quality time person? Do they want that with you as the boss that they respect and admire and appreciate and want to be able to have more one-on-one -on -one time and like learn from you and just grow that relationship? Do they want, if you're like me, you still want a hug and God, that's so hard. Number one, not just the fact that we all have gone virtual. Like I am not thriving right now, you guys. I'm not what a struggle. Um, but you know, between me too, and all these other things, like what, this is such a weird line to walk. The only workplaces I have seen, uh, physical touch bosses vibe with me. They both were women. They were quite a bit older and it's still like this like innocent, cute, loving moment, like Vicky at dark honey coffee, which if you are new to this podcast. I love Dork Honey Coffee more than anything. Um, and the woman who founded and runs that, she is 67 and she has the pep inside of her of a whole cheerleading squad. It is outstanding. I've never seen it anywhere else. But she also is a really big hugger and I was a big hugger. So just being able to like wrap my arms around this like adorable and wonderful, amazing, like 67 year old woman where we both were just like, I'm a hugger is so cute. Uh, any other <laughs> place 
it's a really weird line to walk. You got to watch that. Um, my love language of physical touch and wanting a hug does not thrive in the workplace and it double does not thrive in quarantine and the fact that we have a virtual world. However, um, it's so important for you to understand how your employees and how your team members want to be appreciated. And taking it a step further, I mean, you know, if you're giving them praise, if you're telling them that they did a great job, what means more to them? Uh, calling it out on social media, calling it out in the middle of a huge, big team, uh, you know, presentation or a huge team meeting. Like if you have 20 people in one room or one Zoom room or whatever, um, you know, and you really shout out Brian for doing a stellar job and he was amazing and hit this metric and went above those sales goals and did whatever. Is he going to love that and like eat that up? Or is he going to be super embarrassed and like, you know, just red faced, totally uncomfortable being called out in public, really hates it and would have appreciated the fact that you really pulled him aside and just one-on-one -on -one we're like, hey, I saw how hard you were working on that. I saw how much work you put into that. I, you know, you took the goal of $500,000 in sales and you went above and beyond. And I saw how you really treated this client. That was amazing. What is more important to them? Or is it like a Facebook shout out, an Instagram story that's like, hey, guess who killed it today? Um, how do your people want to be appreciated? How do they want to be shouted out? Is it a hug? You can't really do that. Is it showing them with, you know, again, that Starbucks gift card? Is it, I, I don't know why I can't think of something different right now. It's getting late um, for an example of gifts, but you know your people or hopefully you're going to get to know your people. You know, is it, is it quality time? Like, do they view you as a mentor? Like, okay, my goodness gracious, if you are a Brooklyn Nine-Nine fan, like Amy Santiago would have killed for like a private lunch with Holt, right? Because she wanted him as a mentor. All she wanted was that like one-on-one -on -one quality time, just the two of them where she got to just like have his undivided attention and learn from him. I can tell you like how my team for Operation Alone likes being appreciated. I can tell you also a lot of their communication styles, which are all very, very different. I can tell you who likes voice texting over regular texting, over emails, over just picking up the phone. And even to that, is it a phone call or is it FaceTime? Because they like seeing the expression, you know, on people's faces and make it a more authentic conversation. And, you know, because phone calls can also you know, with long pauses, people can get awkward on them. Totally get it. How do they want to be communicated with? How do they want to be told that they're doing a good job? You have to understand that. And again, meet them where they're at. Because, you know, if you are the kind of boss who, again, like, I'm, I'm going to keep calling out on Vicky because I love her. Um, I love hugs. She loves hugs. We are in a huggy family. I get it. I love it. I am here for it. It's amazing. 95% um, of people hate it. They're uncomfortable by it. They hate physical touch. Um, just like in general, they are not huggy people. If you were at the webinar that I did with the MP place, um, Alex Roth and I even talked about that sitting in there. I said something about being a hugger and I watched her face grimace. And she was like, if someone comes up to hug me, like if I'm volunteering and they hug me, she's like, I am gone. You will never see me again. 
but that her team members have learned if you give her candy that she will be around forever. She will keep volunteering forever for you. That's how she needs to be appreciated. If I just came in like steamrolling in the middle of the place, giving everybody a hug, I would have lost out on an amazing volunteer because I didn't take the time to understand that she hates being touched, but would have appreciated candy. Right. And, you know, Mackenzie, like it's understanding that I think she's like pretty indifferent to like the amount that I hug her, to be quite honest. But hers is quality time. She wants that quality, you know, just one on one, like undivided attention, like you're not on your phone, you're not doing whatever, like you're just having this very intentional time blocked off with her. Hopefully that's in person. (laughs) You know, maybe we're having lunch, maybe whatever. Um, But that's also when we have FaceTime together you know it's making sure that we're not distracted in doing other things um you know I I, it's so I just think that it is so important and people and managers just don't in general take enough time to understand how their people want to be appreciated how do they want to be loved on how can you meet them there because you can't steamroll your way in the way that you like it and worse than that and I have had multiple bosses like this Running a business, working your nonprofit, or just simply making an impact takes a lot of energy, which means you need the drink of champions, coffee. Specifically, you need Door County Coffee, a gourmet coffee roastery on a mission to bring you the best coffee on the planet. And that isn't hard when they only roast the top 2% of Arabica beans grown in the entire world. Try any of their medium or dark roasts, like my personal favorite, the Heroes Blend. Or you can try one of their almost 100 delicious flavors like Highlander Grog, Frosted Cinnamon Buns, or Vanilla Creme Brulee. They ship all across the country, so try your first pot today by going to DoorCountyCoffee.com and using the code IMPACT for 15% off your order. That's I-M-P-A-C-T for 15% off at DoorCountyCoffee.com. And get caffeinated today. And I am not gender stereotyping. I am not cast typing. I'm not whatever. Um, They usually have been men, much like my huggers have all been women. oftentimes with the men and I've actually had I've had a boss say this to me on multiple occasions um I took over kind of an HR like employee relations role at a job that I had because he literally said to me at some point he's like I know that morale is really down I know that people aren't happy and he was like I feel like you would be really good at this task to try and like lighten the mood around here and just help people and kind of help bring morale up and he said he looked me dead in the eye he's like I can't even be bothered to give a shit about this he was like I can't he's like I don't get it I can't comprehend it and more importantly and he even said this he didn't want to it was just like he was the most like unemotional like detached person honestly that I've like ever met. Um, And he really meant that it was so obvious to me the whole time that I was working there that he truly like he cared about his employees and that we were doing a good job. But beyond that, nothing. I appreciate and applaud him for understanding and seeing how toxic and how, you know, value that clearly was in our workplace because he could understand that morale was really low and people were really kind of miserable um, and that he didn't know how to fix it. So he asked me to fix it. I get that. I appreciate him for recognizing a problem and outsourcing 
a person as a solution. But the hard problem is if you're someone like that, where your mindset is that you can't be bothered to figure out what's wrong and why people are, but just kind of do it fine. A point, have someone else, you know, put someone else more in that position to be your warm, fuzzy feeling person put someone else there to kind of learn that for you. And then maybe like report back. I have done this in a different leadership position I was in in college where I had people write down. Um, I had like literally, this probably looked really creepy, but I had a list written down in my planner of, uh, for the executive board, I was sitting on like what everyone's favorite coffee order was in case I ever wanted to surprise them with it. Um, you know, what, and again, just how people wanted to be appreciated, how they wanted to be communicated to, how they wanted to be text over called. Um, the other thing I really asked people, and I had people write this down, um, so that I did have reference points. And if I ever was unsure, or if I wasn't clear, if I couldn't remember, maybe this was someone I didn't communicate with very often. Um, I wrote this down. And the other one, aside from just how people want to be appreciated was how people want to be given feedback. Um, especially hard feedback. How do people want to be criticized? Because that is super underrated. Now, someone is listening to this, like screaming at me that I'm like a delicate snowflake. I'm not. I just understand people and I'm a deep empath. And so I can feel other people's feelings. I pick those up super hard. And the thing is, again, I am clearly a very like warm and fuzzy person. I love all things warm and fuzzy and happy and positive, obviously. I can have like tough conversations, but that's, I don't like being just like attacked head on. I don't like if someone is giving me criticism and they're telling me that they did not enjoy the work that I did. I don't like blunt, harsh, just like in my face. Hey, you sucked and you F this up. I don't like that. I like it a little nicer, a little calmer and being like, Hey, you know what? Look, uh, you're doing a great job kid. <laughs> um, I think this is called a compliment sandwich or a criticism sandwich, whichever way you want to look at it. It's look, you're doing a great job. I see that you really tried on this project. Um, here are the reasons why it was not successful. Uh, here were the points that it was lacking or that were incorrect or whatever it is that you're talking about. But, you know, I have faith that you're going to correct it. Uh, if you can't, here's some other resources for it. And uh, go get them next time, kid. I am always shocked at the amount of people who are like, no, don't make it fluffy. I don't want I don't want the excess fluff. I think that, you know, and, and what's funny is because that's how I only want to receive criticism or feedback on something. It blows my mind when other people don't want that. And also that they view it as maybe condescending, a waste of time, um, you know, that like, they perceive it almost as this weird certain weakness. I think the big one is condescending, but you know, I never would have viewed it that way until I had a lot of team members tell me that because that's not how they liked receiving criticism. That's not how they liked me telling them that I didn't think that they did a great job and they could have done better or they missed the mark on something and we have to correct that path before they go so far, you know, off to the right um, and get them back on center. And so, you know, there were some people where I was like, okay, for X, Y, and Z people, I'm just giving them blunt feedback. I'm just sending them an email that says, hey, this was wrong. This was off. This was misspelled. This was whatever. Um, and then the, there were a list of other people where I had to be a little bit more delicate. And then I approached them the way I wanted to be approached with it, uh, which was in that compliment sandwich or the criticism sandwich 
format. I promise you, if you are in a leadership position or even if you are just a member of a team, particularly a small team, if you take the time to learn about your people and learn these things about the people that you spent a third of your life with, you will make it such a better work environment for yourself, for everyone involved, because a happier work is just a happier life, a happier work culture, happier life. I know they say like happy wife, happy, happy life, which I think that's a super dated and old expression, but again, Work is one third of your life. And when you come home, you do not turn off your work brain at 5 p.m., especially if something was wrong, especially if something is bugging you, especially if like that bitch in the corner cubicle just grinds your gears the way that she smacks her lips every time that she takes a sip of water. Okay, you're not getting over that. And then you dread getting up in the morning. You dread getting to your car. You become the person who only lives for Friday at 5 p.m. And then you smash an entire bottle of wine and maybe some tequila. I don't know, whatever your flavor is, um, because you can't stand the one third of your life that is off. If you take the time to learn your people learn how they communicate, learn how they want to be commu- how they want to be appreciated, learn how they want to be criticized and given feedback. And in general, I think also just have more empathy with people. You'll be surprised. Honey and flies and vinegar, that metaphor, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it's all important. And I think as a leader, if you take the time to understand your people this way, have them write it, write it down. I do it as, as an onboarding process now with the ONA team. And I ask them all these things right up front upon them being hired. <laughs> like, what, you know, how do you like these things? How do you want to be told that you're doing a great job? How do you need to be shown, you know, that you're going above and beyond? How do I need to give you this criticism? Write it down spend time with them, understand it. And if you're someone who, like an old boss of mine, just can't humanly wrap your head around it, find someone else who can and trust their word and get that liaison. Also, because here's the other thing too, if you are so fully removed from emotions like that, I don't think that you'll be super successful (laughs) in business. Um, Get a liaison for sure, but take what that person says take it to heart my goodness gracious um and take that and run with it because otherwise you can't be a robot okay you just you can't anyway so those are my two cents on workplace appreciation languages i hope that you take the time to ask someone on your team ask one of your employees maybe do this as an activity your next retreat if you really are looking at the people that you work with and you're like i have no idea idea how Billy wants to be communicated with. I don't know why I'm pulling up names like a 1950s textbook, but whatever. (laughs) Um, You know, how they like communicating, how they like doing this, how they like doing that. Um, Make it a part of a retreat. Make it in an email. Send it in a Google form for all I care. (laughs) Collect the information and talk to people about it. I think if you do that and then you really act on that information, uh, you will be super surprised as to how much closer and better your team is and their relationship with you. Knowledge is not power, my friend. Knowledge put into action is the power. So take this lesson, take some leadership. Uh, Let me know if you like 
Well, first of all, let me know if you liked that advice and if it works for you. Second of all, let me know if you want to talk about other pieces of leadership, especially nonprofit and business leadership. Um, and also, please, again, rate, review, subscribe, share this on social, share this in your Instagram stories, um, tag a friend who maybe needs a little leadership boost or thinks that this would be kind of, uh, of a fun lesson to share with their their leadership team and their boss, um, again, especially as we're all trying to navigate things like a COVID time. I know we're all sick of hearing that, but I think it's still really weird for people to be working all virtually, working from home. It definitely is for me. So, um, yeah. So anyway, thank you for having me in your ears today, friends. And until next time, I hope that you go out and keep making that impact, especially as we get closer um, to Giving Tuesday and Small Business Saturday. I hope that you're supporting your small local businesses, your small local restaurants, and make sure that you have a plan for Giving Tuesday. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make an Impact podcast. If you enjoyed yourself, would you do a little rate, review, subscribe dance? And if you really enjoyed yourself, would you share this on social media so someone else could catch the impact bug? Until next time, friends, I can't wait to see what kind of impact you make on your world.